Today is Friday, January 19th, and you are listening to This Week by Daily Bruin Podcasts. Happy New Year, everyone. This is our first episode of 2024. I hope everyone had a good winter break. It's good to be back in the studio. I'm Jack Garland, and today I'm joined by podcast contributors Ashley Tsao and Izzy Gregg. Ashley, how was your winter break? Pretty good. I'm feeling a little un- under the weather, but... Mm. Feeling better now? Yeah. How about you? How are, how are you feeling? It was good. I turned 22. Old. Very exciting. <laughs> Very old. Thanks. Uh, Izzy, what about you? How was your winter break? Um, mine was pretty good. I started off right by going to an LA Kings game with my mom for her nice, birthday. Nice, nice. So today we're going to start with some international news, like we always do, and then we'll move into some national news, and then we're going to highlight a Daily Bruin news story from this week. So Ashley, let's start with international. What is the top story from this past week? Um, The top story from this past week was that the U.S. launched four rounds of strikes against the Houthis in Yemen. The Houthis are an armed group that controls parts of Yemen. They're backed by Iran, and they support the Palestinian cause. They started attacking commercial vessels in the Red Sea that were headed to and from Israel to pressure a ceasefire in Gaza. The targeting later became random, attacking ships that don't necessarily have ties with Israel. On Wednesday, the U.S. designated the Houthis as a terrorist organization due to the Red Sea missile attacks. The Houthis responded by continuously targeting U.S.-owned vessels. And have the U.S. airstrikes, have they been effective? The U.S. estimated that American strikes had damaged or destroyed about 20 to 30 percent of the Houthis' offensive capability. Despite damaging or destroying about 90 percent of the selected targets, the officials added that locating Houthi targets had proved to be a little more challenging than anticipated. It is unclear whether the U.S. strikes will be successful in deterring more Houthi attacks. And so how does all this matter to UCLA students? What's the Bruin angle here? The Bruin angle is that the exchange of missile attacks is destabilizing for the Middle East and really for the rest of the world. And because this was sparked by the war in Gaza, it reminds us of the widespread death and destruction that war can cause. For UCLA students, it's important that we inform ourselves about this complex situation in order to promote peace and hold elective officials accountable. Mm. And what else is going on around the world? Iran has fired missiles into Pakistan, Iraq, and Syria. Iran calls their actions self-defense. The Islamic State, also known as ISIS-K, claimed responsibility for an attack in Iran on January 3rd that killed 94 people. Iran claims the strikes in Pakistan, Iraq, and Syria were targeting terrorist hideouts. But the, con- but the countries refute this claim and call the strikes unprovoked violations of their sovereignty. So I know that 2024 will be a big year for elections. About half of the world's population will have elections this year. So Ashley, can you tell us about the recent elections in Taiwan? Last Saturday, January 13th, the people of Taiwan went to the polls to choose a new president. They elected current Vice President Lai Qingde of the Democratic Progressive Party, or the DPP. The DPP was the incumbent party, and this victory marks its third consecutive presidential win. The win is seen as a rebuff of China because the DPP is pro-U.S. and does not seek reunification with China. All right, Ashley, thank you for those updates. 
And now we'll turn to Izzy. What is the biggest national story from this week? The top national story from this week was the Iowa caucus taking place last Monday, which marks the beginning of the presidential Republican primary. As expected, former President Donald Trump won with 51% of the votes, with Ron DeSantis coming in second with 21% of the votes, and Nikki Haley finishing in third with 19%. The cold weather that has been sweeping across the country led to only 15% of registered Republicans in Iowa turning out to vote. The Iowa caucus is always the first contest for Republicans during the presidential elections, and it was previously the first for Democrats, but they were changing the primary calendar. Of course, this year, the Democratic primary is uncontested because, as the president, Joe Biden will be the nominee. There is no real reason why the Iowa caucus is the first contest in the primary, but the results are always followed closely because it is the first time in the primary campaign that voters go to the polls. What do the results in Iowa mean for the other Republican candidates? So DeSantis and Haley were both hoping to do better than they did. After dedicating much of his campaign over the last few months to Iowa, DeSantis was banking on a better result than a distant second. And Haley was hoping to get some momentum by beating out DeSantis. So both are likely disappointed by Monday's final result. Vivek Ramswamy finished in fourth place and soon after announced that he would be suspending his campaign. So after all of this, Trump emerges from Iowa in a very strong position to win the Republican nominee. And how does the Iowa caucus, how does that affect UCLA students? Why should we care about that? So this upcoming election will be the first presidential election for most of these students at UCLA where they can vote, with many people frustrated with the idea that the ballot will look the same as it did in 2020. I think it's important to start paying attention to candidates' campaigns and policy positions early on, but also understand the probability that Donald Trump will likely become the Republican nominee. And what else is going on across the country? So this Thursday, Congress passed a stopgap funding bill. In order to push back on an impending government shutdown, the House and the Senate passed a temporary funding bill. After a lengthy negotiation between Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and the White House. After the bill is signed by the president, lawmakers will have an additional six weeks to pass a bill that will fund the government through the fall. And in some more fun news, the award season is underway in Hollywood. The Emmys and the Golden Globes both took place within the last two weeks, with Oppenheimer and Succession bringing in the most wins. And the Grammys will be taking place in just three weeks here in L.A. Exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to the Oscars. That's always my favorite award show. All right, now we're going to turn to the Daily Bruin news story from the week. On Tuesday, there was an article about the UCLA campus custodians. Apparently, the university employs 348 cleaners who ensure that the 12.5 million square feet of the campus are kept clean. In interviewing the custodians, Daily Bruin contributor Sam Mullick discussed some of the memories and challenges faced by the cleaners at the university. 70% of the university's custodians work evening shifts, which means they're on campus from 5.30 p.m. until 2 in the morning. And although these times seem unusual, some of the custodians said that they appreciate being able to work those hours because it allows them to spend time with their families. Other custodians also said that they enjoy working at the university because of the positive work atmosphere that they share with their colleagues. The custodians also shared some difficulties about working at UCLA, like at the dental school during the lunch hour, when they have to drop everything to ensure that the trash cans are emptied and everything is cleaned before teaching resumes. They also talked about how they have had to respond to flood calls using machines and additional staffing to ensure that everything is clean again. The title of this article is In Plain Sight, 
UCLA's custodians work around the clock to keep campus clean. And you can read this entire article at dailybruin.com. That's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us on this week, and we will see you next Friday.